This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning, I'm uh, Rich Bradbury and welcome to Open for Business. This is the show that dives deep into the journeys and ventures of entrepreneurs and business leaders. Today on Open for Business, we are speaking with Nefin, a renewable energy investor, developer and asset manager. Established almost a decade ago, the company's journey began with a clear vision, that is to harness renewable resources to power a cleaner and more sustainable future. Nefin have a diverse portfolio of renewable energy projects that span various scales and geographical locations to address the urgent needs of climate change and environmental conservation. The company leverages technology, including solar, wind and other renewable energy sources to deliver efficient and effective energy solutions. Here with us today online is Chong Bo Hong, the Managing Director of Nefin SEA and Head of Business Development of the Nefin Group, on how Nefin navigates the challenges and opportunities of the renewable energy market. Also, importantly, the company collaborates with various stakeholders, including governments, businesses and local communities, to further promote and amplify the positive impact of renewable energy adoption. If you have any thoughts, you can get us on our U-Mobile WhatsApp number, that is 018-789-8899, or you can get us on X, we are at BFM Radio. Welcome to the show, Bohang. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Richard. Absolute pleasure having you on here on the show. Now, let's kind of rewind and talk a little bit about, I guess, the company background and the mission. You know, what's the history of Nefin and what are its primary mission and values in the renewable energy sector? Sure. Nefin started originally back in like 2014 as a solar project owner's engineer consulting firm. That is the starting point of Nefin. And we were started by a group of people who were originally from the DuPont solar business. Right. Yeah. And that was the starting point as a consulting firm. And very quickly, we saw the opportunity in the development space mm-hmm. for solar projects. And within about two years, we had already transitioned to become a developer. So we raised some funds, started developing solar projects, signing long-term power purchase agreements and owning projects in the long term. So we effectively enabled one of the first large-scale rooftop solar projects in Malaysia, right? Uh, that project is now a public project with press releases already done with Intel in Kulim. And we only grew from there. And now we have coverage covering Southeast Asia, including uh, Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand, Vietnam, and the Philippines, and also coverage in Greater China, in mainland China, Hong Kong, and Taiwan. Wow, that's uh, quite a decent set of markets there. Okay, Um, let's talk about some of the tech and innovations then, just to kind of cover that base first. What type of renewable energy, because obviously you moved on from solar as well, it's not just solar anymore. What what type of technology do you specialize in now? Um, And what do you think are some of the more innovative approaches that you've developed and helped develop in this field? Sure. I think this goes back to the objective, right? Like, uh, I think it was three years back, we changed our slogan Mm. from a bespoke solar developer, meaning that we are very good at solar project developing, to achieving carbon neutrality for our customers. Because we saw then that 
solar wasn't sufficient. Yeah. It was okay to supply like 15% of the customer's energy needs. But our customers are asking for, how do I get from this 15% to 100%, mm-hmm. right? So then it required us to look into different technologies, but not only the technology portion of it matters because we provide financing solutions to mm-hmm. our customers as well. Yeah. So we also have to figure out how to commercialize and make such projects bankable. Mm. So, for example, one of the big milestones that we achieved last year in 2023 was that we successfully deployed two battery storage projects in China and made it bankable. And this is still a challenge that many companies in the industry are still facing on how to not just be able to get the technology and deploy it, but to also make it financeable and bankable, right? right? Yeah. Because that is what makes a difference between that technology is scalable or not. Yeah. Now, through the whole process, we start by providing energy audit services to our customers. So we go to the customer factory, tell them what are some energy efficiency or renewable energy solutions that they, they can deploy. So we basically build out a roadmap for them, yeah. right? Yeah. Then we start deploying that roadmap for them. Mm. The, easy one is rooftop solar. So we've done that for many of our customers and that remains our bread and butter. Mm. We have already done a battery storage project. We are venturing into energy efficiency as well, including HVAC optimization. Last year, we have also successfully moved into the utility scale solar project segment of the market. And even though this is utility scale, we are doing it in a way that we are supplying the green energy to our customers, Mm. not to the government or like TMB in these cases. So these are all efforts to ultimately go back to the first question, the objective, which is how do we get the customer from 0% where they are in terms of carbon reduction to 100% green energy? Mm. What's the demand been like, Borhang? I mean, obviously, you know, back in 2012, 2013, you know, there's the argument of, of course, Solar power, uh, solar energy is something that we would like to do as we move forward. But back then, I'm presuming it was quite expensive for a lot of people. How much has demand changed over the last few years? Particularly, you know, we've seen a focus on ESG in the last few years and companies being not forced, but encouraged to adopt ESG principles. Sure. First, the demand is huge in the market for green energy. Mm. The demand is huge, but the number of companies who are able to deliver and have a forward look on that process of going from zero to 100% uh, renewable energy is quite limited, right? Right. We are one of the companies who have gone like two steps ahead of solar already. If you're saying, okay, if that company only does solar, that would face a challenge because yeah. the competition would be so tough yeah. that there's basically little to no margin for survival, mm-hmm. right? But at the same time, if we go too far ahead, then we're ahead of what the market deems as financeable or the market may not be ready for it, mm. right? So a lot of our work is to balance, okay, what are the new technologies in the next one or two years that will become commercially viable and bankable and to be working on that and preparing so that when the opportunity comes, we are able to grab onto it and have like a one or two year lead mm. in front of other companies. So yeah. you're always one step ahead. I mean, one of the fortunate things for us is that we are in multiple markets. Yeah. So even though sometimes people may see that, oh, we are ahead in, let's say, a market like Malaysia, actually, we are just normal 
in another market where the whole market is ahead. Right. Because of structural reasons or policy reasons, yeah. right? Yeah. So just for example, battery solutions. For us to have deployed two battery projects in China last year is considered we are not behind the market. We are okay. We are like along the market. Yeah. But if you compare to Malaysia, we are way ahead mm-hmm. because the market is not yet ready mm. for large-scale battery deployment, right? Mm. But as a company, because we cover many different locations, that experience that we can bring to another market in terms of the technologies that we have already deployed is quite valuable for some yeah, of our customers. Of course, of course. So let's talk a little bit about your portfolio in terms of scale. Give me some examples of maybe some of the bigger projects that you've worked on geographically uh, and where they are, obviously, and uh, the kind of work that has got into that. Okay. Our portfolio is quite diversified. In Southeast Asia, our largest portfolio or market is currently in Malaysia. Right. With us having done some of the largest scale rooftop projects in Malaysia. Yeah. One of the well-known ones is with Lotus, where we covered 28 stores of Lotus with solar. And many of that was done in parallel. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So in terms of the scale of the project, that is quite significant. Another very sizable project that we have been awarded uh, last year by the government is the utility scale CGPP, the Corporate Green Power Purchase Program, where we are working with one of our customers. I, I can't name it at the moment, but that is a 45 megawatt peak solar farm project where we are contracting the green energy attributes to the customer Mm. over a long-term contract. Fantastic. Now, just before we have to dive into a break, how do you measure the impact on sustainability and environmental conservation through your projects? How do you keep it measurable? Well, we are fortunate in that we are largely providing green energy to our customers. So we are simply replacing their brown energy needs with green energy, right? And all our energy generation is metered, Mm. right? Because, well, the customers pay us the bill based on that meter. So to answer that question, first, we have our own metering data, which measures all the green energy that we have generated. On top of that, we also monetize our green and renewable energy certificates, right? So that's another avenue where the externality of the green energy that we generate is measured. Mm. Okay, let's take a short break here, Bohang. Now, folks, you are listening to Open for Business, of course, the show that dives deep into the journeys and ventures of entrepreneurs and business leaders. I'm speaking with Chong Bohang, the Managing Director of Nefin Southeast Asia and Head of Business Development of Nefin Group on how they navigate the challenges and opportunities of the renewable energy market, as well as how to further promote and amplify the positive impact of renewable energy adoption. We'll be right back here on BFM 89.9. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Boring, fake, macho. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Welcome back to Open for Business, the show that dives deep into the journeys and ventures of entrepreneurs and business leaders. I'm Rich Bradbury. Today, we're speaking with Chung Bo Hung, the Managing Director of Nefin's Southeast Asia and Head of Business Development of the Nefin Group on how they navigate the challenges and opportunities of the renewable energy market, as well as how to further promote and amplify the positive impact of renewable energy adoption. Just a brief discussion about partnerships and collaborations, Bo Hung. 
Who are your key partners and collaborators and how do these relationships enhance its capabilities in the renewable energy sector? I know, of course, you've teamed up with quite a few notable companies over here in Malaysia. Which ones can you talk about? There are two types of partnerships that we look at. Yeah. One type is with our customers. On top of just signing a contract for a specific project with them, like I said, we start now with an energy audit for the customers and we come up with a roadmap for them mm. to say, how are you going to get from where you are to 100% green energy? Mm. So the partnership will spend, many of our customers have a 2030 target. So it may spend until 2030. Some of them may be three or five years. But basically, we are looking ahead on what do our customers need in the next few years mm. And we also have a few years to prepare the capacity and the capability to deliver solutions that we may not have right now. Mm. So that's one part of the partnerships, I think, which is quite important to us because it provides a long-term relationship and a close working relationship between us and our customers. And it also allows us to have visibility into the future of what the market will be needing. Mm, mm. Right? Because what one customer needs very often may be what many of our other or future customers may need. Yeah. But it's never a one-size-fits-all, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It never is. Yeah. So, for example, many of the customers, let's say in the semiconductor industry, may be saying that there are only a few very big semiconductor companies in the world. Mm. And it is these few companies which are telling their suppliers, if you don't get 50% green energy by 2026, I can't buy from you yeah. anymore. Yeah. Right? So... This is not encouragement. This is, uh, <laughs> right? This is like, you have to do it, right? This is carrot and, so, and stick moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So us having visibility into the future demand that's going to come and to prepare for that, right? Many of our semiconductor customers, while yes, every project will be customized because these are construction projects, but the kind of solutions and the kind of financing that we have to get in place mm. can be similar. And the knowledge transfer and the experience transfer internally is very valuable to make us have advantage over what other companies can provide to these customers two years down the road because we were ahead already mm -hmm. uh, for these two years, mm -hmm. right? So that is one part of the partnerships. The second part of the partnership is to improve on our capability to deliver something to our customers. Mm -hmm. So for example, we partner up with contractors, engineering contractors. We partner up with one notable one in Malaysia is with Petronas, yeah? to access greater networks within Malaysia and to access including the different types of financing options that we may have mm. in Malaysia. Mm. We partner with equipment suppliers. So we also partner with, let's say, battery suppliers yeah. for us to get greater transparency and visibility into the technology and the reliability of the performance of that technology, mm. which eventually not just we care about, our shareholders care about, of right? So this kind of partnerships give us broader network, customer reach. It can be financing a network. It can be a subcontractor network. And it also gives us greater transparency when we are executing the projects. Mm. Now, we've kind of briefly touched on it, but just to kind of reiterate a couple of points here, can you just talk me through your business model and sure. your primary revenue streams? Sure. We are a green power producer. Yeah. We sign long-term power purchase agreements with our customers and we build a power generating facility and we sell them that green power over 20, 25 years. Right. So it is an IPP model. Simple as that. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. When it comes to like regulatory compliance, industry standards, these must change depending on which region you're in, depending on what country you're in. Is there a standard format at a base level? And then how different can they be depending on which market that you're in? There are a couple business models that available as an industry standard and all the regulators know it. Yeah. So, for example, when you generate power, do you have to use it within your facility or are you allowed to sell that power to the grid? So there are a few general frameworks in place in the industry where international bodies have also, you know, or research companies have come up with a few general frameworks that generally speaking work. In our business, regulation has a huge impact. Mm. Regulation and policy impacts us very significantly, especially for markets like in Malaysia, in Hong Kong, in China, where we are at scale already. Regulation impacts us quite directly. Mm. Yeah, in our kind of business, policy regulation is very impactful and we are very sensitive to that. But equally important is research and development. Now, what role does research and development play at Nefin? And, and what are some of the latest innovations or projects that you're working on that you can tell me about? Sure. Because we are at the stage where we need to commercialize and invest in a project on a large scale. Yeah. So we don't use technologies that are only in the lab. We use mass-produced solutions, mm. which to a certain extent have achieved commercialization and we are trying to make it commercialized further, scale it and make it bankable mm. right, and mm. investable. Now, I suppose you have plenty of challenges within this kind of sphere and somewhat uh, quite a high level of risk. You know, what would you say are the biggest challenges as a company you face regularly? Well, because, I mean, well, you know, okay. let's look at this long term. You know, this is something that long term everybody wants to achieve we want to achieve yep. net zero you know yep. Um, yep. we we want to get there as countries as nations as the world in fact we want to get there but it's not easy and there are people and there are companies out there who struggle with this whether it's a cost issue or whatever talk to me about some of the biggest risks and, and some of the biggest challenges that you face when you're dealing with these people yeah, let me approach this from a macro point of view Yes, the energy transition process is happening and will happen across the world. Yeah. But on a big scale, it will happen in phases. Yeah. Let's say you go from a full fossil fuel grid to the first 10% being renewable energy, mm. and you can do it on purely solar. Mm. You do 20%, you start hitting instability in yeah. your grid. Yeah. Right. Then new solutions have to come in to solve that. Now, let's say for many countries, including like Malaysia, we are at like 20%. We're trying to increase it further now. By the time you get to, let's say, 40% is a new set of challenges. And these are technical challenges that need a technical solution. But like I said just now, even though you have a technical solution and if it's not financeable, you can't scale it, yeah. right? It's in the R&D phase, yeah, right? Or yeah. a normal product phase, yeah. right? Then there's a process of, well, where we involve is mostly where the technology has already been proven and we are trying to commercialize and scale it, mm. right? So the challenge that many locations are facing now is the instability of the grid to take on more simple solar installations. And so we have to take a broader view that includes stabilizing the generation of solar, mm. right? 
some locations will do it by mandating, for example, battery systems. Some locations will do it by basically commercially penalizing you and by cutting the value of electricity during the daytime, right? right yeah. So there are different ways that different governments will handle it. But the challenge will continue to come as we have greater renewable energy penetration in the grid. Mm. But it is as it should be, yeah? yeah? Because at the same time, the fossil fuel industry employs a huge number of people, yeah? Mm. And, well, there is also the other aspect that governments have to consider. For example, how do you get the skills development so that these people can transition into new jobs, right? Mm. You have existing assets, uh, which are, well, financial assets, and how do we make sure that there's a proper transition out, right? Then I would say that you then have to look at the different markets and which markets have been able to do that transition in a more predictable, stable manner, such that the industry can get consistent growth. We will continue facing different challenges commercially, technically, but we want stable growth. And then back to Malaysia, I would say that since even the 2011, the FIT period, Malaysia has been a very stable and conservatively regulated market. And while new policies are coming out, I would say that Malaysia is one of the markets where if you look at the speed and the scale of renewable energy deployment, it is a fairly straight line and it's good yeah so i think in terms of the challenges where it's coming from why the challenges happen and what is the right approach to handle it we have to look at it from what are the challenges that the regulators would face right and what are the challenges that technically the grid would face when we are trying to accelerate mm. renewable energy transition okay i've got one final question for you before i let you go and that's about market expansion and future plans. Um, What are your current plans for market expansion? And are there any new regions, new segments that you're not already in that you're looking to move into over the next couple of years, uh, maybe even a little bit longer term? Sure. At the moment, our focus is to further our market share in the greater China region. So we have significant utility-scale projects in Taiwan, We have a lot of rooftop projects that we are looking to build up in China. And for Hong Kong, there is a current FIT and a post-FIT world, which we are building for. Mm. In Southeast Asia, the current five markets, which we are already in or just starting to touch, our focus is in these markets at the moment. So like I said, Malaysia, Thailand, Singapore, Vietnam, and the Philippines. Mm. So at least for like this year, I don't foresee that we'll be increasing new markets unless there are new opportunities that come. Who knows? Yeah. But at the moment, uh, the strategy is to focus on the current markets that we're in and to consolidate our presence in those markets. However, we are looking to bring in new technologies and to stay ahead of what most companies in that market are deploying. Right. So... One of the key initiatives that we are carrying out this year is a lot of knowledge and experience technology transfer within the company to different locations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bo Hung, thank you so much for speaking with me today. 
Thank you, Richard. Uh, and it's my pleasure speaking with you too. It's been fascinating today. Now, folks, that was Chong Bo Hung, the Managing Director of Nefin Southeast Asia and Head of Business Development of Nefin Group on how Nefin navigates the challenges and opportunities of the renewable energy market, as well as how to further promote and amplify the positive impact of renewable energy adoption. You've been listening to Open for Business, the show that dives deep into the journeys and ventures of entrepreneurs and business leaders. And if you missed any part of this conversation you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the bfm app you can also find our shows on spotify apple podcasts and other podcasts players just search for open for business i'm rich bradbury this has been open for business up next is resource center keep it here on bfm 89.9 the business station open for business? Register your company with BossBalay.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.